It's Top Ten Thursdays, and I'm Sean Lemmy. John Adney. Colin Westman. And I'm Matt Carstens. And it was a much better take the original time, but we'll never have it back. 2008, guys. Remember that? Bronco Obama. <laughs> Wally. Uh, Wally. Sweetest movie. Dark Knight. God, 2008 was a hell of a time. Uh, for a number of reasons, including the fact that that's when we started our blog, which was at the time called Cat Fancy Online. You mean catfancyonline.blogspot.com? I believe it was catfancy-online.blogspot.com. That was the, the most confusing thing to say to someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we were check out my website. We weren't trying to spend like 10 bucks or whatever it costs to register a domain. Yeah. You know, we're poor college kids back then. Now we're just poor adults. Yeah. Um, And so we turned five a couple weeks ago now. And we're really drawing it out. (laughs) Mostly Uh, because because of... Scheduling problems. Scheduling problems. And the fact that uh, we're getting very close to our 50th official episode of this podcast. And we thought it would be fun to do uh, an episode looking back on our on our history uh, for the 50th episode. But since we can't do that yet, we're just looking back at a small part of history. A small but beautiful part of history. Music. Now, in 2008... For me, it was a pretty pretty big breakout year in my, in my music listening ways. Uh, you know, started in 2007, I guess, when I got to college. But I was like working at the college radio station and playing music and listening to all sorts of shit that I hadn't listened to before. Because you know, up up until you know about that time, I was just listening to like classic rock and then Radiohead and things you guys told me about. But I had. <laughs> Like very little instinct or uh, an impulse to actually go out and find music. Uh, I just listened to a lot of the same stuff over and over, and that started to change. Started br- really branch out. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I definitely feel like it was a year where I was more in tuned with new music. Which I had kind of ignored for a long time, but by this time, I don't know. It might have had to do with the fact that we were reviewing music and coming up with top ten of the year lists. But yeah, it was, it was a good year for music for me personally. It was one of the last years where I bought physical CDs. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't really have many after two thousand eight, but I have a handful of two thousand eight ones. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird. It's kind of sad. 
Now I'm just like a cyber terrorist, so I get all my music. <laughs> Cyberspace. I think cyber the terrorist, end. probably not the right word for what you do. <laughs> cyber thief? It encompasses a lot. Though. Pirate, usually the term they use. Tomatoes, tomatoes. I like terrorist. Terrorist, yeah. Potatoes, potatoes. And it's interesting to do this now because usually when you do a, a decade list, potatoes. it's something that was a long time ago. So you have, you know, a, a, a real appreciation for what was really great of that of that year. Or, you know, it's right after the year's ended or as the year's ending. So you're just like in the thick of it. But here it's it's five years ago. So we kind of have a sense uh, of what's great. Like we were able to eliminate a bunch of albums that were on our list that maybe aren't top 10 worthy now just because we don't listen to them anymore. But it's still, it's probably still too early to call any of these a classic. And you all yeah, agree. Probably. I think we do. Um, John cut out. He's got connectivity issues. We all got, we all have issues, you know. Oh, there he is. You there, John? I was doing battle in cyberspace to protect my <laughs> for the greater good to protect my cyber safe. Well, thank you. Cyber Navy SEALs. I'd say from now on we don't need to draw attention to John's cyber battle so we can just okay, let, okay. let him do his thing. That's just the life of a cyber terrorist, you know. Sometimes you just got to go. Well, well, let's begin, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. First one on our list is Beck's Modern Guilt. about it i remember like i playing it on the in the car a lot whenever i had like colin or john riding along with me just because i knew like they liked it and this was the start of me like listening to a bunch of shit you guys didn't like anymore so i just kept going back to back because like i like this you guys like this yeah, i feel like you did that even when you were in my car and i'd be like hey sean <laughs> Why don't you choose something to, to listen to and I'd give you my iPod and always be Beck's <laughs> Modern Guild for some reason. I kind of got a little annoyed by it. I'm like, really? Beck has other albums. They are better than this. You know I don't stuff. know yeah. if you like them, man. <laughs> They're on his iPod. <laughs> I have all sorts of like, crap on my iPod. Like, especially now, because they haven't synced my iPod in years. Ugh, I hate to think of that. <laughs> I had this one on CD. Yeah, so did I. This is my introduction to Beck. I was always I tried to listen to other Beck albums, but I don't. I could never finish them because there's so much dicking around in the middle of them. <laughs> this one felt really accessible. Uh, it wasn't as electronic; it was more just uh, rock. And Beck's pretty good at that. I've come to appreciate now what. I mean, all Beck's uh, electronic beeps and boops and turntables and microphones, but uh, mm -hmm. but this was my first, which seems weird. 
for like a weird entry album into Beck. Is this the one Has with he... Girl on it? No. It's actually That's... like two albums before this. Is the song we heard in a Gamma Rays, you know that one? Huh? You know Gamma Rays? That's on this one. That's like one of the singles. You probably know. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of songs that weren't singles that I feel like, oh, this could have been a single. This song's pretty catchy, too. Like, the title track was pretty catchy. I really seem to really like... Uh, I recall liking the song Volcano. It was short, too. Isn't it a pretty short album? Yeah. It's brief, point, accessible. It, and I was like, oh, I can't wait for the next Beck album. And <laughs> has some really... Yeah. Good good They'll get there. Uh, this was with uh, Danger Mouse, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, cool. I'll be. I'm trying to find if I did a um, a list for this on my logger page because I don't know if we did. Did we do top ten albums of 2008 on our on Cat Fancy slash blog spot online? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that we did. Yeah, like, we did. Sean's just looking at him earlier. Yeah. Your list is very different from what this list is going to be. Tastes mature. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> but I still like this one. Uh, yeah. Changed. Yeah, and it's it's interesting it is uh, short, like you said, because this was following the information, which was pretty long, and it also came with the entire album in video form. <laughs> Came with a lot of baggage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there were the stickers too. The stickers right? too. Yeah. I bought that one. You had to make your own album artwork. Ah, yeah. that's lazy. I feel like at the time we're like, this is so innovative. I remember, like a year or two ago, actually, was that 2008? No, it was a couple of years later. The Kaiser Chiefs did a similar thing where you designed the album artwork, but then you also picked like the track order. Like, they're not even trying. Oh, yeah. they, put, they put out, like, 60 songs, right? Well, like, it was, like, 25, and you made your own album. And I was like, yeah, fuck you, this. <laughs> it was, like, 10 or something you could actually put on the CD. There was, like, three good songs on that album. So my album was only three songs long. <laughs> <laughs> and the album, cover, the album cover is just a big middle finger. Could you, like, Fat Sherman, could you listen uh, in the entirety to every song before you put your CD together? Um, I don't really know how... It, I mean, this was all, like, digital stuff. I think eventually they released a version in stores. But, yeah, I don't really know how it worked. It is really confusing. Um, well, yeah, I think you just downloaded them all, and then you just decided if you wanted to, like, have less. I don't know. It was dumb. <laughs> at least at least the, the Beck one had some pretty cool stickers. They are pretty cool. And he actually, like, made an album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crucial in being a good musician is making albums. <laughs> That's the secret. Did, did uh, Black Keys make a good album? Uh, yeah, and it's Attack and Release. Well, 
this is my entry into Black Keys. I got. You're entering a lot of. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I didn't realize that. He was an explorer. I got into the Black Keys because of Eastbound and Down. Nice. There's like, I think it was the end of the first episode, they played Your Touch. He's like riding a jet ski, and there's like a topless jig on the back. <laughs> and I was like, this rocks so much. <laughs> like, I gotta like listen more to this album. And then I went out and didn't get that album. <laughs> I got like, oh, I'll get the most recent one. And what's interesting about starting with Attack and Release is it's like a real, it's like a transitional album where the first, I don't know, four albums were just, you know, guitar and drums. This one put in like pianos and effects and keyboards and backup vocals. It was them going away from just the two guy thing and becoming more of like a full band. And it's produced by Danger Mouse. <laughs> nice. Pretty prolific. Sorry I took Niles Barkley off this list. And, e- and even though it's mostly, uh, there's like a lot of like, there's some acoustic, there's experimental stuff. It's still got like one of their most notable sludgy rock songs that you hear in car commercials, which is <laughs> I Got Mine, which is a hit for them. I don't know, that's all right. It's no your touch. Uh, but when I listened to all the Black Keys albums a year or two ago, this one really stands out as kind of the unusual one, but... uh Usually in a good way. I don't know if anyone else got around to listening to it. Oh, sure, I listened to it. Uh, for me, I have the problem of I, I came into the Black Keys pretty late in the game with, with Brothers. And then I listened to El Camino, and then I went back to Attack and Release. Uh, you know, after having known them kind of for what they became, rather than them in the transition, I guess, as you put it. So you're losing instruments as you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, you could argue, I mean, some people even say that, like, El Camino is their best, like, that their last two albums are their best. I'd probably say Brothers is their best. I don't know. Uh, yeah? I, I really like Brothers, and uh, I like El Camino a lot, too, and I like them both way more than I like Attack and Release. Yeah. Uh, this led the way for those albums, but uh, I guess if I thought of it, this is probably, like, my third favorite Black Keys album. It's probably not going to make the list, but it's pretty, it's pretty cool. First so album is really cool, but so so Brothers in the first album would be your top two. Yeah, and then this one, and then El Camino, and then the other ones. You just really gives shit. No, this <laughs> like albums oh, two, two through four sound. They're just all the same. Mm. Yeah, I think there's how many is that that make? There's a uh, five. Six. Seven, seven times. Yeah, and you had to get through four. That was just like the same thing over and over. <laughs> it wasn't like that bad. You know what I miss about 2008 era Black Keys is Dan Arabach, the or however you say his name, the lead singer, had like a huge beard, and you could see it on the album cover. It's like you looked like a murderer, and he looks all clean cut these days. He's got his hair slicked back usually, and his beard's like really trim. I miss it when he looked like a, a, a hermit. Like, I can imagine they call it attack and release because he's like a crazy man. Attack! Like, they release him. He was like the, that uh, Chet Lee movie. Why would they release him? <laughs> to go attack. This <laughs> <laughs> is so wild. So, wouldn't they be release and attack then? Uh, yeah. I don't really understand the title, I don't know what it means. 
and release. Release what? Uh, maybe it's like when a dog, you know, like like bring brings down like a criminal who's like running away, like a police dog. So it's got to attack him, but then they got to release him because they don't want the dogs, you know, killing killing the perp. Or release him because it's not like the right guy. Yeah, that, it's not that, him. Release him. That would suck being mauled randomly for doing nothing <laughs> by a police dog or a bearded musician. Think about it. No, I'd be all right with that. You could moving take on. <laughs> Another bearded musician. Bearded musicians represent. Uh, Boney Ver put out an album called For Emma forever ago. I think Sean put it on, but uh, I'm asking. you're asking me. Well, you're, you know, luckily I like this album a lot. It was one I got into after Bon Iver's second album, which I really liked. And this one's, uh, it's one I like just because, you know, you think about the death of the music industry and everything, but, you know, with with the internet related age we live in, we can have stories like Bon Iver. Damn it, Bon Iver. Where, <laughs> where a musician can just, you know, go into a cabin, record an album, self release it, and then people on the internet are all about it, and then he gets a bigger release, which this album did in two thousand eight. And then, you know, three years later he's playing at the Grammys saying that the Grammys suck and everything, but still, you know, he's he's got so gotten quite a bit of notoriety in, in a short amount of time and it's just just a really beautiful beautiful album, very spare, but he's got like the most distinct harmonies with himself. I don't know what he's doing there, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, I just love the story of like his band is like failing and like his girlfriend leaves him and he's just like fuck it I'm gonna go live in the woods <laughs> be and he, like, sad and he's just like alone in the woods and he just comes back with this beautiful album I mean you think that's like how people become a Unabomber not <laughs> not how they become very popular artists yeah but it is it's just it's tender man it's delicate Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to try that out. Just gone away. <laughs> yeah. Become a hermit. Yeah. Dude, you got into the desert. That's hardcore. That's some Obi-Wan Kenobi shit. <laughs> you got to find a cave. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi didn't live in a cave. He lived in a sweet little like desert igloo. No, that's right. And everyone will talk about like old Matt Carson's lives out. And then... <laughs> Then like we'll meet like years and years later and be like, hey, what's up, Nancy? And you'd be like, that's a name I haven't heard for a very long time. <laughs> I'll be like, check this shit out. And I'll be like a rapper. 
What? Oh, yeah. Just weird because of the Obi-Wan Kenobi references. <laughs> I didn't really want to listen to this song because I don't really like Bonavere. So are we transitioning into this next Bonavere song? No. Uh, when, when we were putting it together, they were just... They weren't labeled, so I just uploaded a second Bon Iver song on accident. Okay. Which one did you play? I played so the, Flume. The first song on the album. Now, now Skinny Loves Bon This is This is my choice. Because it's like single, I think. It's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, pretty good. It's a pretty good album. Do you, how do you like it compared to the self-titled album? Um, I probably like them about equal, honestly. I mean, maybe I like the second one a little better. I mean, it's it's cool that he was actually able to transition into having you know more instruments and not make it sound kind of forced. Because sometimes that does happen when an artist who's predominantly acoustic tries to tries to do more, but. No, that album really works for me. Yeah, that's. I feel like kind of like I shouldn't like the second album more, <laughs> just because it's almost like him selling out. Yeah. But but I mean anything recording in a proper studio would be selling out for Boney Bear just because of the <laughs> <laughs> like recorded it on you know recording equipment he fashioned out of logs he found in the forest. <laughs> we can only assume. Yeah. Um, and it, it, that's another case actually where I, I heard the second album and went back to the first kind of like the Black Keys and I, I do like me some first impressions <laughs> the cyber police they're coming after you <laughs> It's like that sweet robot on the motorcycle in the last Star Trek movie. Oh, yeah. That was Wasn't weird. Kevin with us? And he's like, Robocop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of a band who was very far from making a first impression on me, uh, there's Coldplay with their album, Viva La Vida or Death and Friends. Me too. Like, it changed my life. <laughs> it's a very uh, personal experience. I was, I'm all about that. Album. But, uh, yeah, like that, the X and Y tour concert was like, when they played Fix You, I was like, this is 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 like, this is
So when this came out, it was so different, and I didn't, I mean, like, it was fine, but I just kind of wanted more X and Y, but I felt like the more I listened to it, the more I appreciated it for what it was. Yeah, it's not as good as the first three, but that, that don't make it bad. I think I might like this one better than X and Y. Me too, actually. It took a long time. <gasps> Because uh, I was scared, I was afraid because it's all foreign and scary. It's super experimental, but I don't know. There's just something about it that's really powerful. It really stuck with me more than X and Y. Like I still listen to this one, but I don't. I haven't listened to X and Y since you know since I was a teenager. Whoa! It's like X this one's y. more mature work or something. Yeah, X and Y. It has some really good songs. That I just feel like there are some songs where. It just seemed like Coldplay was kind of just playing to their strengths. They weren't really pushing themselves. And some of the songs were just kind of, I don't know, a little dopey and kind of, kind of lazy, it felt to me. And this was one where it seemed like they were really pushing themselves. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Brian, you know, had a fair amount of, uh, well, he's, he's some of the reason for that. I don't know mm-hmm. if I agree with it was dopey. I do agree with that they were playing to their strengths. I think that's Not dopey, it's a little strong of a word, but yeah. Yeah, I, but I do agree with that point that they're playing to their strengths, and I'm glad they did, you know what I mean? Like, like there's no, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that, but I, and I, but I do agree that like they got to a point where X and Y was like, that's as far as they can go with what they were doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is the next step, and I do agree, like, I, I like this album a lot. And I, I, agree, and I totally respect your guys' opinion liking this more than X and Y. Like, I, I don't, but I, I totally get where it comes from. I think I enjoy the consistency of X and Y, which, which this album I don't think has at all. I think most of the songs sound pretty different from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diversity. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not a bad thing. Um... But for me, that makes it like very clearly. There are some songs I really like, and then some other songs are I just listen to. Want to keep going? You know who doesn't like this album? The Police. Joe Satriani. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know why? Is it because I remember he he filed some lawsuit against them because the song "Viva La Vida" had a similar melody to some song he had written. Same chord progression. I seem to recall it was pretty similar. Yeah. Um, but I doubt, like, like who, no one listens to Joe Satriani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just like, well, he's good at guitar, but, you know, who gives a shit? I feel like if Coldplay was going to rip him, them off, they would have, like, like, told him. Because, like, they have, you know, their song that sounds just like Kraftwerk. And they got Kraftwerk's permission. They're like, oh, this sounds like Kraftwerk. And the crowd was like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, didn't, I don't think they, that wasn't an accident, was it? I guess, well, no, that was I intentional. Guess it yeah. But they got permission. Yeah. So this Joe Satriani thing is just whatever, it's bullshit. Evil of is a lot better than, let me see, what, let me see what his song is. I'm sure it's really stupid. <laughs> is Joe Satriani the Halo guy or is that Steve Vai? That's Steve Vai. That's Steve Vai. They're very I, similar. I, I can never remember the difference. Between they're only guys. famous for being good at guitar. Well, not like metal guitar. It's like yeah. a weird, just like weird hard rock. <laughs> it's like Esteban uh, playing Metallica. Yeah. 
It's about right. Uh, this, the Joe Satriani song is uh, was from the album Is There Love in Space? Cool. And it was, it was, it was an instrumental track. Cool. I lost it. I don't know. It was something stupid. Like yeah. I Can Fly or something stupid like that. Some bullshit. So does this... Um, does the fact that you guys like this album so much make the next one so dis- like some that much more disappointing? Uh, for me, yeah. I really <laughs> didn't like the one after this. I didn't even like, try to listen I to it. I really didn't like it. <laughs> See, for me, it was more... I could I could defend like the first four Cobra albums pretty well if I had to. I like them all a lot. And Milo Zylo Toe was just so forgettable. I feel like this is the album that should have followed up X and Y. Like this is this is about what you would expect. But instead we lucked out and got Viva La Vida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't... It makes you feel more fortunate. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. of Milo Zylo like I am skeptical now. I, I liked going into Viva La Vida excited. It's easier to like things if you want to like them. <laughs> so so are you guys done with Coldplay? Is it over? No. But I really mm-hmm. hope their next album is, uh, is something... I'd, I'd like another experimental one, personally. I give every band three albums. If, if they put out one album I like, they get three chances to make me like another album. So actually, rah, rah, riot. You know, thin ice, guys. <laughs> we'll get to that later. How Where about we now? We, uh, where are we now? We're on Death Cab for Cutie. They made an album called The Stairs. Every Death Cab song was like no sunlight. I wish every Death Cab song was like Cap. Um, all right, let's see. What does that? What, what does that mean? <laughs> well, no sunlight is definitely like the more poppy side of Death Cab. Like on the album before this, like Crooked Teeth, like. They can do like the Beatles S kind of pop when they want to. I know, I and wish they did it more Path often. It's more like the, I don't know, like just alternative. I don't even know. A lot of muted strings. If you guys have ever played this on guitar, you gotta mute like basically every string. Sounds hella sweet when you can do it though. Yeah. Really great guitar parts on this. Really just great. Instrumentation. It's hard word. All around. And it's accessible. I think so. It's probably my favorite. Fucking awesome. Yeah, I think it is mine too. It was, it was definitely the first Death Cab album I got into. And it's it's one that's got a little bit of everything. It's got their poppy side. It's got their rockin' side. It's definitely also got their darker, most more 
sorrowful side, which I like Mason Ben Gibbard when he's kind of mopey. He does it well. I'm just all about Ben Gibbard. He could not, he's like the perfect human being. <laughs> <laughs> I was just amazed that they, they went off with I Will Possess Your Heart as their lead-off single. They like eight minutes long. But I've never been like, this song's too long. It's just such a great jam. I mean, it's it, it, there's not even like that much to it. It's like it's this big like ambient sound space. Just builds and builds. Little echoes and stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's popping and it's awesome. I feel like whenever we we see them live, they always have trouble transitioning from the opening like jam it to the actual like the rest of the song. Yeah. Both times I I was like, did they just fuck up? Did they just mess up? <laughs> was that on purpose? <laughs> It's like they can they still not do this right? <laughs> Doing it for three years. I mean, come on. It's hard to make the transition. Let's just get lost in the groove. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I, f- I feel like it's it's pretty much the same kind of stuff as plans, just better. A lot better. I like plans. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's better. I'm not gonna go a lot better because I think Plants is pretty good. But I think it's pretty good. But uh, Transatlanticism would be my favorite Death Cab, and then you know, Stairs probably my second favorite. So I was like, get this shit out of here, get this <laughs> together, get this bitch out of here. Totally. What's the album cover? Is it like uh, a puzzle? A bunch of shit. <laughs> Is it one of those things where you look and you see a sailboat? That's what it looks like. If I stare at this, will I see Ichiro? <laughs> Hopefully. I think if you stare at anything long enough, you'll see Ichiro. It's because he's with us all. Yes. <laughs> Watching over us. God, Ben Gibbard is so cool. <laughs> but why? Because he's like all about Seattle, and he's all about the Mariners. He's all about music. I could do without the trail running, but, you know, what are you going to do? He's <laughs> all about the taco time that's like see-through. Oh, yeah. Future taco time. <laughs> I need to get singers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another group that was probably about Seattle stuff is Fleet Foxes, who named an album after themselves because they're egotistical. I think the reason I never got into Fleet Foxes is because I was introduced to them by our dear friend Peter Williams. And I think it was a car ride home. He gave me a ride home from Sean's house, which was like forced upon me. But and we almost went to high school with these guys. How, how far did we miss him? like a year we might actually maybe they were seniors when we were uh, sophomores 
Uh, I feel like they were seniors the year before we started like high school. So did they like? Did they play shows around like old firehouse and stuff? I feel like I would have been all over that if they were. Possibly, I don't. I don't know. But anyways, I don't know yeah. Continue your story. <laughs> he played. Uh, he played in the car, and he's like, "This is like you should like this," and like. <laughs> Because it, who it was coming from at the time, I was like, no, I'm not about this. <laughs> I feel like that's what our lives were like back then, Peter. Like, half the music we got into is stuff that originally was recommended to us by Peter. Oh, we're talking about Peter? Yeah, we're talking about Peter. This album was, def- this album was uh, given to me by Peter. Uh, <laughs> he lent it to me. Back in 2008, he was giving me albums all the time, like oh, their homework assignments. <laughs> and exactly, so I had like. a reaction, like, oh, I, you know, if I want to listen to this, I'll do it on my own time, all right? Sometimes he'd give me something, I was like, oh, this is cool. But usually it was like, I just don't want to listen to this. <laughs> Pretty much exactly what I was just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because I feel like I'd almost have the same reaction, even with you guys at this point. Because, I mean, you guys review albums on the blog, and I'm like, eh, I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no one likes having music forced upon them, I guess. It's more rewarding if you find it yourself. Yeah. Thrill the hunt. Yeah. Attack and release. <laughs> yeah, I've never really gotten into this album, but I still think White Winter Hymnal is like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I was kind of... Was... Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just gonna keep talking how it's the greatest thing ever <laughs> it's pretty good when i actually did try to listen to fleet foxes i i was a little bit turned off by the reverb i i never could like i felt like i was just listening to dr dog but like in a wind tunnel it was recorded in a church wasn't it like a big church or something i thought i seem to recall it was recorded in a really big uh, sound space but i'm not positive on that Somebody get Dr. Dog in a wind tunnel now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of reverb. Yeah, never bothered me. This is one, another case, just like Bon Iver, where I really liked the second Fleet Foxes album. This one, I remember hearing back in 2008, and I was like, eh, it's fine, whatever. But then I absolutely loved that second album. So I came back to this, and I was like, wait, no. This is really good. <laughs> this is really good. Bitches be crazy. This album kicks so much ass. I was, it was like all I listened to during the winter months. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I actually couldn't even like get into the second one. It's like, fuck you guys for not just making the first album again. That's <laughs> pretty similar. I want, I want that feeling again. I want I that, first, that first sensation. Oh, why? The second album was good. It's all about first impressions. For yeah, guess you just have real problems like evolving with artists. You, if you like one album, you give up on them after that. Makes no sense. It's true a lot of the time. Not always. <laughs> uh, if that was the case, I'd probably hate Radiohead and the Beatles. <gasps> I saw Fleet Foxes on Austin City Limits. And their drummer played this one song. I don't know if it's on this album, where he was playing drums and he had a tambourine in both hands, and he's hitting the drums with tambourines. 
Just even allowed. It was the it was the second me. it was the second greatest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Seems pretty cool. So I'm gonna keep trying at Fleet Foxes. Mm. Do you think you learned that technique in band classes that are that you guys took? Do you think they he that these guys had Mr. Atkins? Well, I don't think all of them went to LW. I think it was Robin Pecknold, who's the main guy, and maybe, I, I don't know, one other one of them. I don't know which one. Skylar Skelset. Skelset. Sounds made up. Does. It's awesome. The very first line of their uh, Wikipedia history is Robin Pecknold and Skylar Scale set both attended Lake Washington High School in Kirkland. It's like yes. I wonder, I, if they knew, I wonder if they knew Trip Holgrew, the greatest guitar player of our generation. Yeah. <laughs> and go up to Trip Holgrew. <laughs> you see him all the time in Arizona and ask him, Do you know Skylar skill set? Skill set? Sweet last name. <laughs> it's got all the skills. He kills at job interviews. <laughs> <laughs> What is your skill set? I am a skill set. When can you start? When can you start? (laughs) All right. Well, let's move on to the hold steady with stay positive. That is incorrect. No? Or did, oh, did Sean uh, delete these two? I deleted oh, yeah. like a whole bunch of things before you had started. Okay, well, <laughs> I will just go with what Colin said. Yeah, do that. Gotta look at the list sometimes. We are suffering. I'm sick and I'm tired of fried and I wanted to like the whole city so much. Because I liked them so much? Not because well, you liked them, but because I, li- I, I do. I like the piano. I like the hard rock guitars. I like like almost everything about it except for the singer. I could not get over it. Like I was listening to a pod race. What? <laughs> I just think he really sounds like Greg Proops, like a lot, and I can't get over it. Got Greg Proops wishes. Are you sure you just you're just not thinking that because he sort of looks like Greg Proops? <laughs> ne- I've never seen him. I swear he to God, s- <laughs> doesn't sound like Greg Proops. <laughs> I think he doesn't. Greg Proops sing like that. Guy <laughs> sounds just like Greg Proops. I swear to God, I'm listening to it right now. I guess Craig Finn would be pretty good at hoedown, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Let's <laughs> make that happen. Yeah. Uh, this was the first Hold Steady album I got into. Uh, not really a case where I got hung up with first impressions, because I went back and I think I liked the first three albums better. But this one's still really awesome. Really just, you know, hard rock and good times. Uh, yeah, lots of piano. Definitely the most Springsteen sounding album I think of theirs. And I'm just 
sad that that piano player they had, Franz Nicolay, left after this band because I feel like he was adding a lot to their sound at this point with his, you know, with his great piano lines and his whoa, whoa, whoa backup vocals. And then he left, and their next album is just okay. But those first four albums, man, they they dominated my iPod for like the first two years of college. Actually. Yeah, basically. I don't even know what that means. I'm not sure either. Sexual domination. Right. Is that a Michael Bolton song? <laughs> Way too hard. Sexual domination. He'd be much more metaphorical than that. It's mm-hmm. from his like blackjack period. Oh god. So. Uh, <laughs> blackjack had a reunion. Album in 2000. <laughs> they went on a softball tour. Because apparently Michael Bogue's the greatest softball player in the world. Second best. His team like, like 86 and zero. <laughs> in what? Like what? I don't know what that means. <laughs> In, in some softball league. <laughs> and he they got played 86 medals. games? That's a long They played softball. a lot. It was a lot. I don't think it was 86, but it was... There's a six in there somewhere. <laughs> well, I think we've stopped talking about the whole study. Yeah. <laughs> Is that cool, man? The, the songs tell stories. I don't, yeah, like, ever pay attention to lyrics. In, <laughs> except when they're, like, really, really dumb. And then I'm like, ah. I hate this. <laughs> uh, like, uh, there have been songs that I enjoy, and I uh, get to the point where I start paying attention to the lyrics, and then that ruins it. Uh, like, like Human by the Killers. Yeah. Which wasn't that a 2008 album? Yeah. But not not list worthy. It wasn't gonna make it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, I really, it's, it's probably a big reason I'm such a big Hold Steady fan because the lyrics actually, they do matter to me. I mean, I don't go out of my way to look for bands with great lyrics, but when they do, oh man, it, it gets me. And I, I, I love Craig Finn's lyrics. It's so distinct. I think the 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 real reason I can't quite get into Hold Steady is is uh, the melody factor. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't I don't find it catchy enough for me. That's like... That's something I really enjoy. About yeah, kinda, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. It's like the riffs are like grace, really good. <laughs> I was I, I think the third greatest thing ever, but <laughs> okay. the, and the vocals are good. Like they, you know, they complement the, um, the 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 instruments. But I feel like it could be a little. It could be even better. So when that's like my primary complaint, it's like that. Not that big a deal. Like just that it could be better. I mean, it's still pretty good. But I stay positive. Yeah, thanks, Bruce. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what I think is especially sweet is "Hold On Now, Youngster," the first of two albums released by Los Campesinos in '08. The 
band that had that beer commercial song? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's like, Colin was like, you should listen to this. They had, like, had a song in a beer commercial. <laughs> <laughs> you like songs in beer commercials, right? I'll do anything that's- to connect with you about music. It's so hard, you know? <laughs> That was a uh, find them dancing, well, right? Yeah. Find a melodic band with, you know, women singing, and I'm there. Los Cavasinos is both of those. Those ones are pretty melodic. Yeah. I, I got, got into this album vocals. a little bit in, okay. in that time period. Alright. But I don't remember it at all. Is that a really British band? Yeah, that's what you wouldn't expect because they're called Los Cavasinos and they're British. Aren't they Welsh? That's still Britain. Yeah. Tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah. This album cover's messed up. Not English. It's like Canadian anime. Lots of things are messed up about these guys, dude. <laughs> Canadian anime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is. I just think yeah, it's South Park. I don't know exactly what that is. <laughs> uh, you know, they got the weird... They got a Spanish name, even though they're from the UK. They've got an exclamation point in their name, which... Like should be forbidden. Their very first song is called "Death to Los Campesinos." Uh, they released two albums in their first year as a band. It's like I was—I probably should hate these guys, but I don't. I love them. They're great. Why? Why are I don't understand that any of those things would make you hate a band? It's just Helen. They, they all like. They all name themselves like. They, I think they maybe even changed their first names, but they're all just like names like. Johnson Campesino and Daryl Campesino Jorge Campesino (laughs) except probably not because they're all so so British is that like a British law (laughs) you can't can't be changing your name to some Spanish thing no it's just weird to name yourself a Spanish thing if you don't speak Spanish in your songs like Esteban at least weird to me. Maybe I'm hella prejudiced. Uh, Should be on this list. Man, this one's great. Especially he knows how to play the metal. <laughs> Anything else I'm all about... Say? Hold on now, Youngstar. It's, it's, it's the better of the two albums, but uh, We Are Beautiful, We Are Doomed. Also really good. I would say they're like four albums deep at this point. And I still, I'm still into these these guys, but uh, those first two are definitely their best too. Just because they come at it with so much energy, the album practically explodes when you listen to it, <laughs> and it's awesome. And they, yeah, they've, I don't... they've changed. Okay, because this is weird for me. It's an album I listen to, and I really like it, but I've never had any interest in in listening to their further albums i it's just i don't know there's just something so sugary sweet about it that just makes you think there can't be much depth to these guys so i don't know this is an album where i'm like yeah this is it this is all i need from a band that sounds like this anything else seems yeah well unnecessary so their third album was romance is boring and that album was boring it was there was doing way too much of like trying to cash in on what they were, and uh, they they had like a bunch of people like quit the band to like go back to college and stuff because they're fucking young. 
but then their their fourth album, which was 2011 when it came out, is is it's more mature. It's darker. It's a little slower, but uh, mm-hmm. I can dig it. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's worth checking out. And John would say Nights Out by Metronomy is worth checking out. I told you how long we got All the time in the world I've got a thing for you You've got a thing for me I've got my mom and You've got my heart and all Like the master system parts that has a lot of those. The electronic parts? <laughs> Master system. This was another Peter album, but one that stuck with me. Uh, I remember him handing me the CD, and I was like, this album cover is so bad. It's this really shitty painting of this kind of fat guy in front of a car. Like, this guy sucks. <laughs> uh, but I listened to it, and it was interesting, because it's kind of like electronic music, but I mean, most of the songs... Not all of them. But they usually use like real drums and stuff. It, it's it's like a it's like a regular band, but I don't know. It's like it's like just an interesting combination between electronic music and then just straight up rock pop. It's mostly one guy who Peter was telling me is like this guy's like voted like the most polite guy in like British <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> By who? Why would you have that information? <laughs> Like some British. Oh amazing. well, he's really polite. So he's really polite. So, like, how do you judge that? Like, like is he like Anthony Daniele polite, where he's like opening the door for like a hundred million people? <laughs> yeah. Or is he just kind of a good? He's nice, and he says thank you. He's both. He's got a firm handshake. He's very polite. It's mostly him. I think they later became a band. Now they are so Thanks. big that they sometimes open for Coldplay. So, it takes a really long time for his concerts to start because he's he's like, is this too loud for you guys? And he turns it down a little, keeps turning it down, and no one can hear it anymore. I hate this album, John. Why do you like it? <laughs> I, what is, I don't even know how to answer that. What do you mean, why what do I like it? it? <laughs> That's a mean question. But I, I, I like the, uh, I, I think it's catchy. I like the... Uh, I like the, it's kind of unusual, the instrumentation. Guy's got a high voice. Um, I think it's, I thought it was a woman. Pleasing. He's a guy. (laughs) (laughs) The very polite voice. And I wasn't expecting it to make it, but uh, I don't know. I really, I still listen to it a lot. It's really stuck with me, which is, I think it's kind of cool because I don't think anyone, like no one knows listens to this album but it, so it feels like part of like a club <laughs> and no one else wants to be in <laughs> but the door is always open because the guy's super polite mm-hmm. so that's all that's all I remember I listened to it and I was like nope do not want <laughs> do you want murder by death no, we already cut them. Okay. Let's let's talk about Evil Urges by My Morning Jacket instead. That was such a good transition. <laughs> 
whenever I hear this. Highly suspicious. Oh, nerd house. <laughs> what are they doing? It's pretty silly, but I'm all about it. I'm going to put in well, that'd be highly suspicious but a pudding surprise or something I don't quite put it together it's a mystery oh that reminds me of the criticism of this album cover because it's kind of unusual I can't remember where I read it but if you look at the album cover it's like the big hulking silhouette and then there's like the theater this is kind of like Italian looking thing and like I remember some uh, someone said like only one person can solve the Da Vinci Code and it's Brian Dennehy <laughs> If you look at that album, you're like, yeah, that could be Brian Denny. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an evil urge for some peanut butter pudding surprise. <laughs> this is my favorite My Morning Jacket album. Crazy. It's it's real diverse. I feel like there's a lot of different stuff on here. Uh, there's, yeah. you know, this more kind of traditional kind of rock stuff. Like, I'm amazed. And then you got that weird keyboard machine that he... Are you uh, referring Jim, to the Omnicord? Yeah, that thing. That thing's sweet. That uh, Jim James uses on Touch Me, I'm Going to Scream Part 2. That's so cool. It's my favorite song in the whole album. And then you got Highly Suspicious. Uh, I guess that's him taking his Muppet Show influences <laughs> or something. I don't know what that yeah, is. But it's electro funk type of thing. <laughs> I just got a little bit of everything. So like, it's good, good sampler. It's like when you go to a restaurant and you want like, I don't know what to get. And then you get one of those sampler things. But then you're like, this was too much, but it's still pretty good. <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you follow up Z, right? It's like the coolest album ever made. What do you do next? You go fucking weird, right? It's the only way. They nailed it. I wish they didn't keep going weird because I, I wasn't as big on Circuit Little. I don't know. Was that one that weird? Circuit all It wasn't that weird. I feel like it was kind of tiny and big comparison. Yeah, I never got in that one as much. It's got, like, it's got my favorite My Morning Jacket song. No, no, a second favorite. Victory Dance? Not, no, Day is Coming. But we're not talking about that. And that album cover sucks for Circuit all. It looks like a Beast Wars character. It's an eye. Why are the album covers so stupid? You know, can't be perfect. That's like the least important thing in an album. <laughs> I know. It's just like interesting that their albums are usually pretty good, but their album covers suck. Like, Tennessee Fire is like, how out of focus. <laughs> so is At Dawn. Yeah. But it still moves. It's sweet. It's got a bear. Or is that Tennessee Fire that has a bear? No, it still moves. That's their best. Bear. Bear. I love my morning jacket, and this one of at least the top three for me. James is a personal hero. <laughs> yeah. I wish his hair was longer. It's pretty long right now. Yeah? That's yeah. Good. You know, he's... he's off on a solo career now. He did a performance on Jimmy Fallon. He's got this huge lion-like mane. It was really cool. His solo album's really weird, though. If you think this, if you think Evil Urges is weird, his solo album's weird. It's like I don't even know if like is this like music. I just don't <laughs> understand like how he became friends with like Connor Oberst. Like, can't see them like rocking out together. He rocks so much more. 
They both really like Esteban. <laughs> how we keep he taught them up. everything they know. About rock? About it's music. It's like the Yoda of rock and roll. <laughs> Everyone goes to him <laughs> to learn, to train. Does Ra Ra Riot come to him? They need to now. Need to relearn everything they've learned. Unlearn. Damn it. The rum line. You've heard it before. I remember sitting down and making you listen to this at one point. Well, that and you saw him live. Yeah. What? We saw. Do you remember the that? Photographers in Death Cab. Oh, they were the they were the first band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just remember being like, these guys think they're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a band. We're in. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much. Colin was like, "These guys are so cool," and I was like, "Fuck you, Colin." <laughs> uh, and that that day was so much about the new pornographers for me. I couldn't even concentrate. Yeah, you're just so excited. I was so I excited. Didn't, I didn't really know Robert Wright went to that show, and they really won me over with their performance. They were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Something I hadn't seen. I never really got into the album, though. I mean, I really love uh, Can You Tell. But I feel like there's not enough up-tempo songs for me. I, I can't really remember, though. Hmm. I feel like there's quite a few. I mean, I don't know. They got a sound that's... It, it kind of has this more bittersweet quality because of all the strings. You just, you just can't help it with that many strings. I feel like there's a surprising amount of, of poppy upbeat material, so it's kind of a mix. Recording Woodenville. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Bear Creek. Mm-hmm. Are they from like Syracuse or something? Yeah, remember they said they're from New York like twenty eight times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why why were they recording Woodenville? Because Woodenville has the best technology. I feel, yeah, I feel like there are some artists that do go to that studio. Mm, Foo Fighters go there. Well, yeah, but like they're kind of from here. I just feel like a college band from upstate New York. Like, wh- I don't really know if they're a college band. I just assume. <laughs> I feel like they're that just, was the thing. They like, seemed like it. They sure acted like it. Well, I mean, if they're from Syracuse, they're probably from Syracuse University. I'd assume. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, who, who, who's just in Syracuse? That sucks. <laughs> fuck out of there. Get the fuck out. Yeah, they were formed around Syracuse University. That's right. You are correct, sir. Anyway, I'm a, you know, 
at the time, there were a lot of comparisons between them and, and Vampire Weekend. And I remember in 2008, I was like, well, I already listened to Vampire Weekend, so I'll just stick with that. <laughs> until, uh, I think it was until Colin put this in his top ten list. Uh, I don't know, somewhere in there. One of his favorite albums of the year. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll listen to this. I remember I got into it around the start of the softball season in 2009. And I listened to it, like, on the drive over to softball games. And it was a horrible mistake, and not good, like getting jacked up to play some softball. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's the strings that that stick out because like, whoa, these guys have strings. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of bands just will glop on strings onto a song just to make it feel fuller. But these guys did it in a way that it seemed very integral to the song. It seemed like they were just a part of the band. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Like yellow card, <laughs> not like yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that guy never even like played. You just, you just like, do back of vocals, yeah. Do backflips and shit. You're just there to make the band seem unique, even though they weren't at all. <laughs> More like a jester. Yeah, <laughs> the yellow card jester from jest.com. Anyways, sure. Here's a TV on the radio. Do science. like this song because it uh, it's almost DLC uh, I like this song because it's fucking sweet it and it reminds you. me of Breaking Bad more than anything else so controversially so sad did you guys hear their ending rock band DLC the, uh, the Twitter from me yeah. God, tragedy. Hopefully they get Gongam style out before they run out of time. <laughs> no, boy. no, they wouldn't do that. They got that dancing game. It's probably already in that. <laughs> Alright. Today, uh, this probably isn't that funny, but... <laughs> Go, Go on. on. Now that I've introduced it. Well, today I was covering a softball game and and they were playing Gundam style, like in between innings. And I looked over at the umpire, the home plate umpire, and he was totally like bobbing his head and like saying, Hey, sexy lady. <laughs> I was like, That's embarrassing. <laughs> Do you think we're running out of people who haven't heard that song? I think we're out of people. You think we're out? The whole we're country's heard it? Fresh out. How can you not heard it? Like, what. Are you doing that you... I can only hope Bonnie Bear is somewhere out in the woods and he hasn't heard it yet. <laughs> I think that's your only shot. <laughs> this is just the coolest album, though, guys. Dear Science. It's got a comma in the title. That's always cool. Um, it's 
So exclamation points are not allowed, but commas are... Uh, You can't put an exclamation point in your band name, because how are you going to have a conversation about it? (laughs) But you put a... Because I feel like, you know, I really had to restrain myself, because the whole time I wanted to go, Los Campesinos! (laughs) But, you know, the only thing here is, I shouldn't end a sentence with dear science, I should keep those sentences going. Um, Mount... You know, my favorite song isn't on here, but uh, a lot of really good ones are. Uh, in fact, I have a hard time picking a song I don't like off Dear Science. Oh, no, I ended a sentence with it. Damn it. <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you. Oh, I, I, remember- thought you were, I thought you were saying Dear Science. I ended a sentence with it. Damn it. Dear oh. Science, this album is sweet. <laughs> What are you going to do about it, science? Uh, remember this felt like really contemporary when it came out for some reason. Yeah, I feel like people always were saying that about TV on the radio. I don't know. It's kind of hard not to, at least on DLZ. I mean, the first line of the song is, congratulations on the mess you made of things. It's like, how do you not think of George W. Bush when you hear a line like that? Considering the atmosphere of the time. But, you know, I, I don't think it's really that topical of an album. It's just good times. Feels a lot funkier than their other albums. Kind of got these sweet little James Brown riffs thrown into a lot of songs. And that's cool. Everybody yeah. likes this, right? I've never heard it. Never heard it? Never heard of it. Knew it. Homework. The reason I didn't the reason I didn't get into TV on the radio for a long time was because I remember John saw him live and he was like, Man, I saw this band live. They were the most boring band I've ever seen. They were called TV on the radio. And so for a long time I was like, Oh, I guess I'll just steer clear of those guys because they're so boring. And then everybody kept talking about this album and I was like, I might as well give it a shot. And yeah. I love it. I'm really glad I didn't listen to John tell that story that apparently he told. <laughs> I can see how you could say that, though. I mean, their first their first album, which I just got into, um, is definitely a lot slower, a lot more sort of electronic soundscape type of things. But by this time, they evolved kind of from a studio project into a more cohesive, energetic band type unit and uh i I think you'd like it it's it's probably their most accessible album definitely when was that was 2005 when i saw them yeah so they're probably franz ferdinand and cut copy wow it's an interesting show i like all those guys just interesting that i nobody knew any of those uh the two opening acts back then and now uh they do the end (laughs) (laughs) Woo! vampire weekend vampire weekend vampire weekend vampire weekend
I've listened to this within the last month. All right. Yeah, you like that? Cool. Yeah, I do. You like this album? I do. I mean, it's not my favorite, but sometimes you gotta mix it up. Yeah. This was the last album or band, the last band that I, I I could say that I got into from music videos. <laughs> <laughs> An early morning on VH1, and uh, I saw I saw the A Punk video, and I'm like, this is pretty interesting. And then a couple days later, I went out with Peter, and he's like, I'm thinking of getting this Vampire Weekend album. I'm like, oh, I've heard of them. Yeah, get it, get it. And then he buys it, and then we go to Sean's house, and I like put it on Sean's computer, so then I can have it, and then Sean can have it. And we did. And everyone had a good time. I not want it. <laughs> Devil's trade. Devil's trade. Why didn't you want it, Sean? Because uh, it had the Peter paint on it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that. I, I listened to a lot of music that Peter gave me, but he had just given me... Oh, what are those guys called? The, like, fucking loud... Guitar guys. Mars Volta. Mars Volta. That is exactly Talking it. loud guitar guys. <laughs> they, well, they had an album from 2008, and it's like the noisiest thing ever. That album is so insane. Peter I don't like it that much. Do they like... Aren't they, like, not allowed to listen to each other while they record the album or something? <laughs> they just, like, guess. Yeah, so they're just pissed off and trying to make all their parts sound bad or something. I don't know. It's just, like... <laughs> there's, like, one song that's really awesome because it sounds like there's, like, 800 drummers even though there's just one guy. I just but that album I... is really shrill. <laughs> like, loud. He had put that on my computer. I didn't listen to it. I just put it on my iPod, and I was listening to it as I drove down to college. Because I'd come back, obviously, to, to obviously just to steal music from Peter. <laughs> and, uh, you know, having not known what to expect, I, just ha- I had my music up to regular volume level. Scared the shit out of me. I probably could have gotten a constant. Because, <laughs> like, the first song on that Mars Volta album is just, just like, screaming. Ah! And there's, like, guitar and drums. It's so loud, man. Who wants, yeah, that's- who wants it to be that loud? I reviewed it on the Op Band Prophecies uh, <laughs> website. <laughs> I remember giving it a negative review, and then Peter's like, oh, like he commented. <laughs> <laughs> There's one song, I know that's pretty awesome, but yeah, the first song, she's like, oh! <laughs> but anyways, Vampire Weekend. Yeah, I don't, I feel like it was on your computer for a while, Shad, before you're like, eh, I guess I better listen to this, because I'm on my computer. <laughs> the Mars Volta stigma. <laughs> yeah, Vampire Weekend, at first you're like, oh man, this is like anthem for like Ivy League douchebags. But, uh, because they are Ivy League douchebags. Yeah, I can't remember. Some New York place, I don't, I don't know, or something like that. But they play this style that you've really only heard from Paul Simon. And it's <laughs> it's simplistic, uh, but it really sticks with you. It's so minimalist. I, I love it. It's fun yeah, to, like, I... rip off that style, too, as we've learned, you know. <laughs> one song that I wrote for the Fenestrators. Yeah, it was totally vampire weekend. It is, like, really fun to play. Yeah. The only problem I had with that song is I felt like we had to make a whole album out of songs like that. Yes. <laughs> I love so, that song. It's just like 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 we should do more of this stuff like this, but then people will just think that we're trying to rip off Vampire Week. <laughs> like Werewolf Weekday. Werewolf Weekday. Yeah, yeah. I like it. And this album is very short, which is always a plus for me. And I love the singer's voice. It's just, 
everything comes together. I'm just amazed when you can do, you know, everything's so basic that it can, it can really like stand out. Like, how's that happen? Well, I mean, I feel like every, every dude in the band is doing something unique. No one's phoning it in. They're doing something really interesting. Like the way the guy plays drums. Yeah. It's, it's not like really any other drummer is he, he, <laughs> and the same with the bass player too. He plays his bass like way high up on the frets, which is unique and yeah, it's very economical, but in a very poppy way. It's like the songs are just so punchy and quick to the point. I just, I can't get enough of it. This is one I, I will put on just whenever, whenever I need a little, little pick me up. Yeah. I would, this one. Supposed to be doing research for this list. I just ended up listening to this one a bunch. Yeah, that's awesome. I like what you're saying about all the all the uh, musicians in the band doing like a different kind of thing. I love how the guitar work is always like you got you can only play like one note at a time. You can't do like really you can't. I mean, you can't do like chords. It's got to be like one no. string. Like ding, 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 ding. it's got to be like a little <laughs> dinky thing, but it's like awesome. Yeah, it's just so melodic, and a lot of like really fast like on one string. I can't do it, but you know, <laughs> I know what you mean. Like on Mansard Roof. Like really fast drumming. Mm-hmm. I remember we played Oxford Comma for Matt, and he was like, "Are they saying fuck?" And we're like, "Yeah," <laughs> and he was like, "I hella respect like making a really poppy song and then just throwing the f word all over it." Yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> I mean, you really respect CeeLo, Sean? Uh, I'm all about that song. Fuck you. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's I listened to that album. I bought that album. I, I listened. Or maybe that album I legally too. downloaded it. I can't remember. I remember. There, yeah, there are like three or four songs on that that I liked. But then he he started turning into like a big deal celebrity and nah. he's doing Christmas albums <laughs> that aren't good. It's this not, is good. Yeah, I guess I, I. I mean, I like both the Charles Barkley's albums a lot. On top of that. So I just fan. wish that CeeLo album was like all that genre of music. Not, I feel like it, now that I actually have listened to the album, he just did that to be like cute. Like, look at this. Remember like what music sounded like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. The keyboard player for Vampire Weekend produced their first album. He even got to do it back then, you know. He's, he's pretty good. And his name is impossible to say. Yeah. Rasta from I think their uh, their next album's coming out this year. Oh, I'm so excited! I heard a song, uh, a new song. They played it off Jimmy Kimmel. It's pretty Unbelievers. Good. Yeah. yeah, it really grew on me. I like try, try getting that song stuck out of your head after listening to it twice. <laughs> they just got the power. I'm so excited. I wish I had the technology to make things stuck outside of my head. And that's due out in May. And I I like the first one. I like the second one. Sean, I know you weren't too big on the second one. I don't remember uh, why. All about first impressions, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't listened to the second one, like, partly because Sean's like, don't listen to it. It's, nope. it's pretty good. It's good. Everyone likes it, but I. <laughs> do you not like it, or do you just not like it as much? I just don't care. Doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Which is that's to be honest, that's also how I feel about metronomy. It's just funnier for me to say I hate it. <laughs> it just you're having such a bad time when we went to go see Vampire Weekend, and they're playing like their new songs, and you're like giving a thumbs down. And I was like, yeah, 
<laughs> but I was like hella plotting the ones from the first album. They're due. That was a good show too. You wouldn't think that a band that has like such lean parts could like make such like a like a sound that you, they can play to thousands of people, but it works somehow. <laughs> people are all about it. Speaking of being all about it, Cone's all about the Walkman. And they may now yeah. you and me. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's predisposed to saying that anything I like. No, it's just because like, oh, we're the Walkman. Remember Walkman? That's cool. Okay. They just like to walk. They are men who walk. You're a man who like walks. Like Aragorn. I'm no man. You know, they've been around since the early 2000s. I mean, theoretically, that was just like a thing. Like nowadays, you could probably put out a band called the the iPods. No, you couldn't do that. The, the Zooms, the yeah. Us Pods. Nice, I like it. The Zooms, the the Zoom HDs. Too soon, man. That hurts my heart. <laughs> Didn't you have one, Sean? My brother has one. That was all bad. I thought it was real cool. I thought you gave it to me. Like he did, and then, then he made me give it back. Uh, like, uh, what kind of what kind of music does do the Zune HDs record? <laughs> do they go out and do a sand and glue and record rap? They just record samples off Bing searches. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie, that sounds pretty bad. <laughs> it does. But yeah, the Walkman—they were around. During a time when Walkmen weren't quite nostalgic, uh, they probably peaked with their 2004 album, Bows and Arrows. And then 2006, they put out two albums. Both of them were kind of like, eh, whatever. And I'm guessing people were like, well, the Walkmen, they're probably done putting out great music. And then this album came out, and it's, uh, I think it was basically a return to form. It's a really consistent album probably not the most accessible of theirs it's definitely their darkest and murkiest kind of sounding one it's one i always listen to in the winter and then after this they made probably what's my favorite album there is lisbon and uh yeah i'm a fan no one else cares that's okay <laughs> thought i listened to this album but i didn't <laughs> oh okay I had another one I just had the wrong year on it <laughs> I, the only one I've ever heard is everyone who pretended to like me is gone yeah that's the first it's, one because it's got the songs in the commercials <laughs> you know which what I'm one? saying which one hey, hey, which? Hey, 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 hey. you know what I'm saying that we've really is that, that we've been had yeah yeah, that song's awesome. Their first album's a little too experimental. But not this one. This one's pretty straight to the point. 
Lots of good songs. Probably my favorite Walkman song in the new years on it. But <laughs> none of you guys have heard it, so... I've heard it. Oh, you've heard it's it? Just, it's just... It's a Walkman album. Yeah, so it means nothing. Pretty much. Alright. I thought Sean liked the Walkman. This... Not yeah, I, I like them. I like them. I like them this much to say I like them. I've seen them live, I guess. Yeah. For a reasonable fee. Yeah, but I forgot to get tickets. Oh, well. I like the other one more, the newer one. The one from this that's later. With Angela. Yeah, Lisbon. Portugal. Yeah. So, um, shall we get to list making time? Uh, unless you want to keep talking about Lisbon, yeah. I got nothing like, to say about Lisbon, the city. Well, um, 11th most populous urban area in the European Union. Um, I think we could probably take something off this list, right? <laughs> well, we got 14. So, I think we're going to have to. I never expected Matrani to make this list. You can take it off. All right. I can live with that. And I don't expect attack and release to make this list, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's the spirit. I'm not going to fight for my third favorite Black Keys album. Mm-hmm. Not this year. Uh, should we take one of the, you guys ha- ain't listen to it? <laughs> No, because that's pretty much just TV on the radio. Yeah, I know oh, people pop. like that album. You can keep it. What about Rob Wyatt? I have heard it. You have heard it? And I was like, this is a pretty okay. <laughs> Rum line left me numb line. Not in a good way. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it off because you said that thing. Um, um, uh, I like <laughs> I like stay positive more than you and me. I guess you probably could have guessed that. Yeah, I could have guessed that. You can, yeah, you can take off you and me. Uh, unless there's one. It's, I mean, it's like uh, with Los Campesinos. Maybe is that more me than you guys? I like that album. I like it more than Modern Guilt. Oh yeah, yeah. But John seems pretty pretty high on it. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. I own it. That's pretty amazing, right? Yeah, he put cash money where his mouth is. <laughs> All right. Well, I downloaded you and me, so I guess you can take it off. <laughs> That's the standard we're going by. So now we got 10. Uh, so Beck is your number 10 then? For me, yeah. Maybe come back. That's my contribution to the conversation. <laughs> uh, Matt, you... Straight up dislike Hold Steady. 
Like, you find his voice that intolerable? Straight up. Straight up just like... <laughs> well, I feel like that's, that's kind of a big knock against them. I guess, but... <laughs> I really like to stay positive, though. So do I. At least I've heard stay positive. At least you've heard stay positive. What have you not heard? I haven't heard uh, Los Campesinos and Bon Iver and TV on the radio. But uh, what ifs? Basically haven't heard my favorite albums. <laughs> Los Campesinos just seemed too British. I was afraid to go there. <laughs> It's like when you watch British television, but you can't like keep up with everything. Cause <laughs> it's like when you watch the British Office, you feel like you're missing something. Cause <laughs> you didn't want to relive that experience. That was my nightmare. <laughs> so could we just put back a ten? Is that what we're doing? John did buy it. I don't okay, care. It it's still on the list. Um. Yeah, I could go with Lost Campesinos on the lower end. Or Bon Iver, too. But TV on the radio, eh, I want it high. Yeah. I want it high. I'm pretty into it. I still know where to put Hold Steady. The Hold Steady, they made a good one. But I'd put that high, too, but I'm huge but it's got Steady straight fan. Up, it's got straight-up hate. Yeah, but he doesn't care, and I don't know. Did you even try listening to this one? Talking to me? No, I'm talking to Nancy. No, I mean, they all sound the same to me. Well, this, okay. a long time ago. Yeah. I don't think you have to take my straight up hate. <laughs> I think I was <laughs> lost. In, I think I was lost in cyberspace. Nancy, you hate Bonavere. What? Uh, no, I never. I actually. Uh, no. What was the story? Well, I never. We're talking I about it. my straight up hate for Hold Steady. Oh, Hold Steady. <laughs> okay. Which yeah, I don't know. Isn't that strong? <laughs> I don't think it should outweigh Colin's <laughs> straight up love. Yeah. It's all sounds honest. like Sean's trying to make an excuse to put it low on the list. Kind of does. Uh, well, you know who I would put low on the list is Death Cab, but I'm just scared to even say it. <laughs> yeah, I straight up hate that idea. I, I would put it higher. Yeah. Sorry. Straight up hate you, Sean. See? That's why I was just like <laughs> going for the easy targets. <laughs> Uh, I understand why we're not putting Los Campesinos. Colin suggested it. Sean loves Nancy it so much. It. I love it a lot. Pains him too much. I'm pretty I sure I love like it more than the, Colin loves the whole thing. I feel like he's got day. the group against him, though. I've heard it, and I like it. Uh, I just haven't listened to it in like three years. <laughs> love it so much, you never wanted to listen to it again. I didn't want it to. I didn't want to ruin my first impression. Feels like the first time. Gross. So. 
You um, <laughs> The hold steady. You can you can put the hold steady date if you want to. This should not be taking this long. Yeah, it should not. I don't want it to take that long. So let's let's do it quick. Let's be. Want me to this. just tell you guys what the list is? No, no, we're not playing that game, Sean. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because you already fucked it up so bad. Yeah, basically. Damn double damn it. Deal with it, Sean. The double D. Um, just judging by the group, I could put Bon Iver at seven. Yeah, whatever, man. Screw it. Yo. Yeah, screw it, yo. Like a light bulb. Well, might as well put Fleet Fox next to him because they're, you know, kind of going for the same thing. Yeah. They, they probably, they probably be friends. Probably. So, anybody want to say something? My head hurts. I guess now stairs is untouchable, so... I don't know if it's untouchable. (laughs) (laughs) Untouchable. I just laughed. (laughs) He said, my head hurts. That's all he's got. Glad someone found that funny. Man's in pain, and you're just laughing at. Yeah. How did you say that? (laughs) Poor fella. I feel like once every like four years, I say something like totally like not funny that John just like starts (laughs) crying about. All right. We had that one recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that funny? (laughs) Uh, For the 2017 not joke. Yeah. Should be excited. (laughs) Continue. You guys didn't even give Dear Science a chance. So I guess that should be number five. I guess. You know, it's... The best. Basically. Simply the best. But no, we're going we're gonna to end up putting Coldplay above it. Suck on that. Music criticism of America. Put that in your hash pipe and weezer it. Uh... Vampire Weekend? No. 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 Nope. Uh, well, that leaves Coldplay or My Morning Jacket. Um, my do Morning either. Jacket. My Morning Jacket. No? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. John says <laughs> My Morning Jacket. I'd probably go with Coldplay. Colin? I go Coldplay. Colin said you can go either way. Colin, you're neutral and Nancy's head hurts. So Coldplay, <laughs> number four. <laughs> Seriously, John? I'm reminded of that. <laughs> that's, that's all it takes. 
Alright, um, I don't know, what do you guys like better, my morning jacket? Okay, just put it at three, there just you go. Number three. Shut up, Death yeah. Cab should be number two. It should be, and I, th- I firmly would agree with Vampire Weekend being number one, because it's awesome. Can't argue with that, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So we all agree. So or something like it. Um, here's our top ten albums of 2008. Number ten, Modern Guilt, Bob Beck. Number nine, hold on now, youngster. <laughs> Los Campesinos! <laughs> Number eight, Stay Positive by The Whole Steady. Number seven, For Emma, Forever Ago by Bonnie Bear. Number six, Fleet Foxes by, by Fleet Foxes? Number five, Dear Science by TV on the radio. Number four, Viva La Vida or Death and All His Friends by Coldplay. Really? We're into it. Number three, Evil Urges by My Morning Jacket. Number two, Narrow Stairs by Death Cab for Cutie. And number one, Vampire Weekend's Vampire Weekend. And if your head hurts with all this listening, why not head over to mildlyplease.com and, and give your eyes a workout instead and read some of the stuff we've written. It's it's five-year-old blog, you guys. It's, it's old enough to read at about the level we write. <laughs> Maybe write a little too, um, which you can do. You can write a, a review of us uh, in, in the iTunes. I think. I don't know. No one's tested the feature. <laughs> what if that's it? All along, all these reviews are getting blocked by some weird iTunes moderation thing I need to check out. I doubt it, though. So give your head a rest and uh, stay tuned for next week, our 50th show. Hopefully next week. Only God knows. Close, sharp as night.